0: Welcome to Retain FM. In this episode, Pete looks at how being service led should be at the heart of how an agency lives and breathes, and the difference this makes to the people it touches. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Retain FM. My name is Pete, and I am your host. And whilst I've got you, and you have your device in your hand, It would mean the absolute world to me if you could hit that like or subscribe button on this episode, regardless of how you're consuming it. It is really important to me that I know that this content is getting into the hands or the ears or the eyes of the people that need it the most. And the best way to not miss a future episode is to subscribe to the channel. So I would really appreciate it if you could do that. Today, we're going to be talking all about service and why Being a service driven agency is at the heartbeat of a successful digital agency. Now, by the word service, I'm not just talking about services that we offer to clients like design or development or SEO or content creation or paid social or whatever it might be. I'm talking about having a Underlying mantra of service in everything we do. You see, the service that an agency offers works on a number of levels, and first and foremost, that is for clients and the way that your agency ex, um, the way that the clients experience your agency, the way that you do your sales, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but also. An agency or any business is there to also s- serve the staff and any dependents that they may have, family, um, you know, their home life, that kind of thing. The owner of the agency or the business as well, and the wider wider world. And a business is only really a sustainable force when it can serve all four of those demographics. Now, okay, I will concede if you are a you know solo agency owner or solopreneur and that is where you want to stay, you're probably not going to be too bothered about staff and their dependents. Uh, so maybe that one we can concede on. But generally speaking, a business becomes a sustainable force when it has built up enough momentum and has this underlying mantra of service, as I say, to serve those four groups of people. So why is that important? Well, you see, when you actually base your agency on a mantra of service, when you have that service-led approach to everything that you do, there are some notable differences that come across. So firstly, let's look at each of those groups in turn. Firstly, what are the differences for clients? Well, you know, we're in a world where, at the moment, everything seems to be getting more and more product productized. And the reality is, I've spoken about this before on the uh, on the podcast about how I came from through an agency learning curve where the client was king, where service was the uh, the, the way that we treated the s- treated a client, the way we serviced a client. That was the most important thing that happened uh, in our business, and actually. You know the reality is that every client is different. So yes, offering productized services is good. It's good for cash flow. It's easy. It helps you, uh, you know, define a niche and all of that kind of stuff. I'm not for one minute saying that that's wrong. However, if you purely work on that basis, then actually what you will end up doing is limiting your limiting your reach, and ultimately limiting your Um, limiting your effectiveness because you become so drilled into, right, well, this is all that we do, um, that you, that, that clients fail to see that personal connection with you. And at the end of the day, their business is different. They are investing in you for the services that you offer because they want it to make a difference to their business. So there needs to be that level of personalization as well. We released an episode, not uh, just a few weeks ago, about why clients are bigger than contracts. And that's exactly what I'm talking about here. Clients are bigger than their contracts. And you know what? If you lose that level of personalized service with a a client, when they are reviewing their costs, you become very high on the hit list of things that they can get rid of. So it, it is in your interest in order to keep a level of personalization to the services that you offer as well and that that's true through the sales process that's true through the the way that you network that's true through the the way that you deliver your services that's true through the way that you think about maybe adding value to clients or learning things from one client that might benefit another for example it affects that whole service driven process the next thing that they will notice is that you become proactive and i've kind of just touched on that but you know uh, the, the difference with having a service-led mindset in your business is that you will constantly be looking at things, thinking, okay, how can I use this? How can I use this? Who will this benefit? How can we turn this to 11? Who doesn't know about this that needs to know about this? And actually, you start to lead the conversation with your client. And what that ends up, and resulting in is the fact that you move from this position of being a a service provider which could end up on a spreadsheet as something that could be axed to this role of trusted advisor now of course there's there's value in that that's not to say that you shouldn't use you should do any of these things for free and that they shouldn't have an impact on the amounts that you charge but that is a secondary uh, that is a secondary uh, consideration. The The point is that you are leading a discussion, those discussions will then include money. Not that, oh, I've had an idea and it's going to cost you X. That That's the wrong way around of looking at it. And then the third difference that a client will see is that whilst it is personal, you know, there's an element of personalization, it is also proactive to them and you're leading them a little bit, you also have the ability to respond. You become a responsive service as well. And... Look, the reality is we all have good and bad times in business. That's true for us, just as it's true for our clients. And sometimes, you know, your client needs somebody at the end of the phone that they can pick their phone up to and say, hey, look, this isn't working. We're in a bit of a sticky place. I need some advice. We're going to need to change some things. Can you help? And again, if you've built up that level of trust, you've you've got that mantra of service, this phrase that I keep on saying, uh, underlying what you do, then you are in that approachable place to to lead that conversation. And again, your clients are more than contracts. You, You need to build up a level of rapport where you become that trusted advisor. And that is ultimately how marketing has worked for years and years and years. The best analogy of this that I've seen is... I was at an event, and there 's a guy called Roger Edwards who I have since had the pleasure of meeting and having dinner with and he 's a top bloke i 've even had him on the show and um, He did a a talk about how marketing is simple and his whole talk was based around the a true life experience he'd had with a guy called John the wine man and how over a period of time John the wine man who came and sold wine he didn't necessarily sell the cheapest wine he didn't sell things that you know that were that were fads or that were in fashion right now but what John the wine man did was he got to know what Roger and his family's tastes were like for wine and then because of that he could tailor the service it was the same service he was giving to every other client but he could tailor that service so that roger and his family were then prepared to pay john the wine man's prices because they knew they were getting a good product they were getting a fantastic service and ultimately he'd if they had any queries about their wine intake or what was what was the best wines to drink etc etc what do you think about wines from this country wines from another country john would know john became their go-to for all things wine that's really what I'm talking about with the differences that having a service-based mantra will mean to your clients. Become John the Wineman for your digital agency clients. That's the nutshell. Go and check out Roger Edwards. I'll make sure there's a link in the uh, show notes. And if you can track down a copy of that talk, it was fantastic. So that kind of covers the differences for clients. Differences for staff when you implement a service-based mantra service-based lead in your or service-based culture in your agency you know this is the epitome of the fact that your staff then feel that they are in a safe place they are secure in the knowledge that they are contributing to a bigger picture and and that bigger picture, in turn, contributes back to them. Whether that's through developing their careers, through continued professional development or learning development, through courses, through promotions, through increased pay, so that they have more, um, you know, more uh, free income to to do better things with their family, knowing that their employer is engaged and wants them to have a positive family life. That their employer isn't just there trying to rinse them for every minute that they can have. And that they then have the confidence also to bring their life into work a little bit as well. You know, I've worked in places where people avoided booking doctor's appointments and dentist's appointments on a weekday because they were scared of telling the boss and trying to ask for the time off. That's not a healthy place to be. I once worked at an agency and i left very shortly after this happened where we couldn't get any summer holiday I, I we the because of the way the summer holiday was allocated we didn't get any summer holiday allocated that was going to work in time for uh, for a summer holiday for us and it was all right at the time because my kids weren't yet at school age so we kind of accepted that, you know what, July and August, which is when most summer holidays happen in the UK, um, you know, we'll, we'll just grind it out, we'll work it out, we'll have a good time at home, might take the odd day off, which didn't happen. And um, then we booked a holiday in September, uh, after all the kids have gone back to school. Now, I don't know about you, but for my staff holidays are sacred if a staff member is on holiday i mean the world needs to be imploding for me to contact them on a holiday and likewise i expect exactly the same back from them if i go away uh holidays uh, part of what you're contracted you are not contracted to work for me you know 24 7 52 weeks of the year you are contracted to work for me x many hours a week i expect you to show up deliver whatever in those hours but the rest of the time is yours and um you know as i say the world needs to implode for us to encroach over those hours um but anyway i was we we finally got to our long awaited summer holiday and we'd only gone to uh, you know a, a place a couple of hours away we hadn't gone abroad or anything like that and then there was an issue with a client at work and i had switched my work email off on my phone I hadn't taken a laptop or anything like that with me. And what happened was that work then, they didn't ring, they didn't text, they didn't do anything to sort of notify me, but they did send me three emails over the course of the first few days of my holiday about the issue with the client, which I eventually picked up, I think it was the day before I was due to come home. may have been a bit earlier than that, but it was certainly in the second half of the holiday. What that led to was then when I got back to work the following week was to be marched into the MD's office and to be disciplined because I hadn't been keeping an eye on my email while I was on holiday. Uh, That was then a claim that I ended up referring to the legal team we, we weren't a big enough agency to have kind of our own HR department we used uh, we outsourced that to a legal department uh, to a solicitor's office so I ended up referring this internally to the solicitor's department to get the sanction on me removed because I was on my holiday therefore shouldn't have been checking my work email and they also shouldn't have been trying to get hold of me while I was away so all I can say is I can sympathize here with people that know what it's like to work in a in an agency, in an environment where there isn't that level of understanding and respect, where there isn't that servitude culture that is in there and where actually people's own personal desires for their own drives of the business are seen as more important than people's rights to take a break to have holiday to have time off and that kind of thing i get it that's what i'm saying there. next we come on to how does this differ for you as the owner now look this this could be a sticky situation <laughs> this could be a sticky subject but I, I don't think it needs to be the reality is that businesses aren't started by people for the good of their health you know all of us that started a business started it because we wanted to create a better lives for ourselves and our family and because of that, our businesses need to serve us just as it serves our staff and as it serves our clients that is uh, th- that's common sense that's that's purely what businesses are designed to be there for so as a business owner you you need to make sure that the business comes to a place where it can serve you in whatever your bigger goal or purpose is in life. Now, the difficulty with this is, of course, businesses do take work. And uh, as all of us know that run our own businesses, you know, the the phases that you go through uh, ebb and flow. You will have times where you have to work really hard and knuckle down and get on with certain tasks a lot of which can be very mundane and very unsexy and, you know, n- not very enjoyable. And there will be other times where it flows the other way and you can have a lot more freedom and you can, you know, take a walk on an afternoon or take some extra days off or, you know, go down to working two or three hours a day or even two or three hours a week um, uh, and, you know, still not be open quotes on holiday. But... You know, And as you're building the business, that is going to take some time to, to, to happen. This isn't an excuse for business owners to shy away from hard work when, when it's needed. And also, you might want to think about how when you get this freedom, how you invest some of that freedom, maybe back in the business, maybe taking it in a different direction or starting a, a new initiative that you've been meaning to or changing the way your marketing works or whatever it might be different discussion about working on the business and working in the business that's not what I'm talking about here but as the owner your business should over a period of time grant you more freedoms than it you know than you would get working for the man working in a job for somebody else um that might take some time to come through it should also build for you some levels of security and wealth you know just as when you buy a house and you pay your mortgage and uh you know as time goes by you have the ability to sell the house and release the capital in a similar way a business owner has the same kind of uh possibilities when it comes to their business that's not to say that a business owner is going to think about selling their business you know every five minutes or every every year or anything like that but you should be moving to a place where actually this thing becomes more than just a place of work for you and an asset that is part of your portfolio whether you decide to cash that in and sell it and and take take the money out or whether you decide to pass it on to the next generation or uh, you know whether you get bought out by people whether you become a private uh, or a silent partner in it or however you want to do that that that's then up to you but the business needs to transform itself into a place where it is serving you whereby you have the opportunity to do that even if you're a solo solo agency owner look the, the biggest travesty of all of this would be if you work for the rest of your working life 20 30 maybe 40 years of your working life and then actually your business simply becomes dormant because you stop working in it that is just as much you may as well have gone and got the job because at least you would have had some of the perks the pension pots the you know maybe the medical insurance all of those kind of things that that come with having a job um you uh, in order for the business to grow in order for it to serve you as the owner and for this level of servitude this servant culture to come through it needs to get back to a point where it will serve you as the owner and that is you know if you're not on that trajectory then maybe that's something you need to do some thinking about some soul searching about maybe even get some coaching in in order to to think about that when you have that mindset i'm not saying it it changes you as a person but it when you have that mindset it certainly does Alter the way that you maybe make some decisions. It changes the way that you view some of the priorities that you come across as a business owner. And ultimately, of course, this is the business is there to serve you to drive you to this success, whatever that success looks like for you. Whether it's a you know, uh, whether it's a yacht that you want to buy, whether it's uh, you know that you want to buy a plane, whether it's that you want to move to a different country, what whatever that version of success in your life looks like your business is your vehicle or one of the vehicles that you can use to get you there and ultimately that that's how it's completely going to serve you if you look at it you know in the span of your lifetime is it driving you to do that and then lastly you know if a business has a servant heart if it has this servant culture running through it then it will leave an impact and a legacy on the wider world around it be that we spoke about this uh, a couple of episodes ago as well about the impact that you can have by working with clients in different, uh, you know, through different social action projects. What is the community need around you? What is what is the community need either in the niche that you serve or in your locality or maybe the, something that you get pulled into? Uh, personally, I do a lot of well i say a lot of work the the efforts that i've been putting my my sort of wider impact efforts into have been largely based around sheffield children's hospital i've done some charity bike rides for them we've had bake sales for them we've done a whole load of stuff and it's all to raise money and awareness for the sheffield children's hospital charity um Last Christmas, we didn't send out Christmas cards. We we went and spoke to a food bank and said, right, what are you short of? If we were to go and spend X many hundred pounds with you or for you, what is the stuff that you needed? They gave us a shopping list. Two days later, we, we delivered it. Um, that's because that to us was more important and a bigger impact to our local community right now than it was to send Christmas cards to clients that we could just as easily send an email to and wish them a happy holiday, happy Christmas, and a happy new year. So just some examples of how the how the servitude of your business can work out in different areas. I realize this episode's been a little different. It's been a little bit more reflective, a bit cathartic, I suppose, from my side of things. But look, I, I hope you found something um, valuable in it. Maybe it's change the way that you're going to think about things a little bit. Who knows? Uh but if you want to discuss any of the topics that have been raised here or work you know, maybe you would just want to tell me that I'm wrong, that you you don't agree with anything that I've just said. Please keep that kind of feedback away from the the uh, iTunes reviews. But you can pop into our Facebook group at peteverett.com forward slash group and talk about any of these issues. The the Facebook group is designed to be a safe space for agency owners to toy with ideas and toy with their struggles and get some advice and air views and get feedback back uh, on the the challenges that they're facing in their business in their life so feel free to head over to our facebook group peteverett.com forward slash group and if i don't see you in the facebook group i will see you in the next episode